Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another fun-filled episode. How you doing, Lauren? I'm good. I'm good. Good? Uh, Yeah. No, things are going all right. I'm doing okay. I know. It's kind of like okay right yeah i feel like but you know sometimes you feel like there's the calm before the storm and you're just kind of waiting yeah i don't like that feeling i'm I'm hoping that this this good continues so we're gonna we're gonna go with that yeah Yeah. fair enough that's cool let's just enjoy the moment i like it right yes so we are gonna take a little trip across the ocean which we haven't done in a while true we've stayed pretty local Mm, yeah um and you proposed doing some imports, and I was yeah. kind of like, oh, right. Yeah, there are beers everywhere. Beers <laughs> from other countries. <laughs> yes, that's, a be- that's just a, such an interesting idea. Yeah. So let's totally do it. So I saw this bottle in my fridge, yeah. and I in- was inspired to suggest the, the brewery that we are going to drink tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, it also inspired me because I have a funny story about this brewery. So we oh. are going to drink two beers from Rodenbach, which is a super, super old brewery. Mm-hmm. And Lauren's going to give you all the fun facts. So I'm not going to spoil any of that. Yeah. But I will say that years ago, my husband and I bought this book. And it was called A Thousand and One Beers to Try Before You Die. Oh, that sounds intriguing. Yes. Huh. It is. There's a lot of international stuff on sure, there, sure. which is, it's probably, especially now that it's several years old, and perhaps mm. a new edition has come out, but like, it's probably got a lot of stuff that from a historical perspective, outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. would be like totally worth drinking. Yeah. Um, hmm. But. Uh, Interesting. We decided one time to try Rottenbach okay. beers. And so we drank their like classic Belgian sour ale and mm-hmm. then their specialty brew, which is called Grand Cru. Mm-hmm. And the process, I don't know if you talk about the process of the making of these two specific beers, but but from what I recall, mm-hmm. the process of making Grand Cru is, is a longer aging period. Mm-hmm. And they also like Mix like old Grand Cru and regular. They do that with all other Rodenbach beers, okay. really. Yeah. It's so like a mix of old and new. <laughs> yeah. So like as a result, mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's try both. Sure. It should be fun. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, so we get them out and we try the regular. And mm-hmm. my husband's exact words were, "This tastes like feet." Oh no. <laughs> I think he said feet. And then when we tried Grand Cru, he said that it tasted like a boot. <laughs> okay. 
So I love that I was able to tell you that before we tried them. Yes. I'm, I would like to say that that was many years ago. Okay. Before he worked for Binnie's uh-huh. and before we were really that into beer, into beer. This was sort of our like inspiration for kind of bridging out okay. and trying new things. That's good. Was this book. I feel like I need to look for a new edition of this book. Yeah. yeah I think that would be an awesome flip. idea. Yeah, a right. thousand and one beers to try before you die. Okay. I will say that Utopias is in there. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, because I wasn't super knowledgeable, I went to the liquor store and asked about the beer <laughs> randomly. I was like, "Do you guys ever have this beer? It's called Utopias." Yeah. And the guy just laughed, laughed at, at me. You? <laughs> and I often mm-hmm. repeat that story to my husband because it was at a Benny's. Uh. And I said that uh, I feel like on occasion you get a little bit of that like superiority Mm. from people who work in the liquor store. Yeah. And at this point, I feel like Ron Swanson when he's in the hardware store. (laughs) Oh, for sure. You've seen Parks and Recreation. You understand that Ron Swanson's character is like a master woodworker. Mm -hmm. And so when he goes to the hardware store, he doesn't need help. No. But people will come up to him and offer to help, and he will say, I know more than you. (laughs) Yeah, which is accurate. And often I do feel like that. I feel like that less with beers lately because I don't necessarily keep up with all of the new things that are coming out, Mm -hmm. but I know a lot of local breweries. But I definitely feel like that with bourbon now because someone randomly will come up to me and be like, oh, are you looking for something? And they'll suggest something that I'm like, and you're just oh, like, no, no. Stop it. Oh, no, no. Just That just was stop like right four there. years ago Yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I am well past that on my okay. bourbon journey. And then, not yes. me. Yes, but... yes, yes. But <laughs> also now we, no. we know what Utopia is. So I actually, my cousin had it years ago before okay. I knew what it was, before I knew like anything. <laughs> oh. And he like brought it out at Christmas Eve one year. Oh. And I had no clue how like you know, rare it was. Sure, sure. And now I would have had a much different opinion. Right. Your reaction to it would be totally different. Had back then when I was like, oh cool. <laughs> like and that was it's it. like, all right, this is yeah. Doesn't taste like beer. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, cool. That's great. But anyways, so feet and boots. Okay. Something like that. All so right. let's see what regular this is. Let's open regular and uh, hope it doesn't actually taste like feet. So yeah. yeah, that's not, I'm hoping that too. Uh, you know, that's not what we're going for no, here. No, I have never had Grand Cru. I've had regular, but it's been a bit. Um, and I don't recall it tasting like feet, but. I believe I have had it once since that tasting. Okay. Several, many years ago. So mm-hmm. my my son just turned eight. My husband left his previous job a few months after my son was born. Okay. So that's. Just to give you an idea, it's been longer than that. Oh, okay. That I've had this. All beer. right, so it's been quite a while. Let's say ten yeah. years. Yeah, it's been a decade. Because yeah. I was pregnant with somebody before that, so I probably wasn't drinking, <laughs> and then yes. was not pregnant for a period, which is probably when I got the book. Ah. Because I was trying to live my best life in between pregnancies. <laughs> in between. In between. Yeah, these two. <laughs> so what we're drinking tonight is essentially what they're known for. So they're known for their barrel-aged sours, which is exactly what their classic is, and sure. then their Flemish reds, which is what Grand Cru is. Right. So those are the two two major ones. All Ooh, right. It's 
smells like a sour it, an aged sour it very much smells like a sour and it like bubbled like the con the um carbonation when it poured was like i could hear it i can still yes! hear it <laughs> i know it was like pouring like a tonic or something really yeah. carbonated yeah it smells uh more tart than it tastes i was gonna say to i me. get a stronger aroma than mm-hmm. i do from the taste mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know you and i both always talk about aroma a lot yes um but this definitely has a very tart smell yeah and for a sure. very much more mild mm-hmm. taste i would have ex- I expected more of a kind of funky kick to my taste buds sure. than um i got based purely off the aroma but it doesn't taste like feet, if anybody cares to know that. It doesn't, doesn't. taste like feet. No, it doesn't taste at all like feet. I mean, not, I guess I don't know what... I actually don't know what feet, feet taste like, taste just like to preface that. Full disclosure, I I'm would, not a foot person. No, me neither at all. Actually, I really don't like feet. I don't like <laughs> feet, and I don't like people touching my feet. Oh. Um, I, yeah, I just, maybe I'm not you a get fan like of pedicures or whatever. Pedicures I'm just fine with, but can't like do that. I would kick someone in the face. I just I don't know what it is. I know this is not the topic. No, not even kind of. But that's okay. But I just I think we should discuss feet. It's very important. <laughs> All right. And we'll we'll well I'm gonna jot I'll note this for future episodes. We're gonna table that. Future yes. episode is gonna be body parts. All right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're gonna do. All right. That. Anyways, I'm gonna keep drinking, and um, I actually like this though. This is pretty this is tasty pretty good, to me. Right? I, I like got... I like sours. This isn't overly sour. Like if you drink a true sour, like it has a much well, and it's stronger... very funky. Yes, like a true sour. Oh yeah, is yeah. very funky, and mm-hmm. I think maybe we'll get a little bit more of that with Grand Cru. Um, yeah, this is this, this is pretty. Is... Pretty tasty. I like it. Yeah. Not Sorry, true. Mike. Yeah, no. Um, I like it. But I guess that's what 10 years of beer drinking Your taste will buds do change, what, every you. seven, they say? So clearly you're within that realm. I have a question for you, and this okay. is completely unprompted, so I respect the fact if you don't have an answer. Sure. We had a conversation, my husband and I, when mm-hmm. we were going to be drinking Roddenbuck, yeah. and I said, what is a beer that smelled completely different hmm. than it tasted in like a good or a bad way, like mm. or more notably, maybe a bad way okay. where it smelled maybe really good and tasted bad, or smelled oh. really bad and tasted good, or I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think on that. Um. I can I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the name of the brewery because okay. I'm with somebody we have not featured, okay. but okay. is somebody very very popular uh, and sometimes they say they're from the chicagoland area even though they're not okay and i okay. think that's probably going to narrow yep. it down for you mm-hmm. uh and they have a saison and my husband and i poured it out of the bottle mm-hmm. and i smelled it and it smelled horrible <laughs> it was if you want to talk about what Feet smell like. Smell like let's it, say yeah. like your shoes after you ran through the rain oh. and then they dried Ugh. Ugh, the smell that comes out of them that okay. is what this beer smelled like but it didn't taste, taste like well, good, bad, good. <laughs> but the smell was so off-putting oh, that i couldn't enjoy the the drink that's that's not the aroma is it's a big yeah it, it's a big factor <laughs> to me but okay all right so <laughs> okay this does on. smell more tart but not overly different and it does taste 
rather good. So, uh, Rodenbach. Yeah. So they've been around forever. They're from Belgium. Um, 1821, they were established, which it says clearly on the can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was started by four brothers. Um, they invested in a small brewery back in 1821. Um, they ran it together for 15 years. And then one of the brothers and his wife, Pedro and Regina took it over. Um, they bought it. They bought their family out, and, and they ran it. She was actually a brewer's daughter. Okay. And she wound up running the brewery for years while Pedro went out to fight in Napoleon's army. <laughs> um. So and Regina stayed back and ran the brewery. So that's how old, just like this, this is. It's, is. insane, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. And we're so, drinking something where yeah, the brewers <laughs> had to leave the brewery to fight in Napoleon's army. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. You haven't had to say that one yet. <laughs> nope, that's new. This is not. This is not the home brewers. No, no, this is that's not, not the our normal story. story. Tonight, so, yeah. So they ran it. Um, their son actually later took it over in uh, the eighteen sixties, <laughs> and then their grandson took it over after that. So it was passed down wow. to the family um, for for quite a while. Um, that son, that grandson, didn't have any male heirs, so they still kept it in the family, but they created an LLC. Literally back in like the early 1900s like long long ago <laughs> um and they divided the shares amongst family members and it was actually family owned until it sold to palm brewery in 1998 holy cow so 1821 to 1998 like crazy right pretty good run yeah so um palm was then sold in 2016 um they're currently owned by the swinkles family brewery brewers which um is from the netherlands they're the second largest brewing company in the Netherlands after Heineken. After Heineken. Um, but they still, their revenue is $900 million a year. So, like, wow. they're a large company. They don't make any domestic here, but they own a number of different, um, you know, brew- beers um, internationally. So, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, long-running brewery, continuous, didn't, you know, have any breaks. They've been brewing since, since 1821. Um, nice. So yeah, so and like I said earlier, they're known for their, their barrel-aged sours and their Flemish reds. Um, I have never been there, but if you were to go to Belgium, their brew hall, their storage chambers, they have an old tower used for drying malt. They're all protected heritage sites. Nice. So, um, and they all they also have um, what's is famous the the fooder rooms which has 294 vertical fooders some of which are over 150 years old which are also protected so a fooder is essentially just a giant barrel there are three times or larger the size of an average barrel and that's what they ferment that's what they age in are these oak fooders so i just learned something new yeah so essentially the the rodenbach gets its characteristic they they say it's a fruity aroma which i don't don't know what kind of fruit they're talking about but um from maturing in those oak fooders for for a long time um and the the cooper that that's there i don't know who it is now but they craft the barrels in the same way as they did back in the 1800s so there's no nails there's no screws it's only held together by hoops even though they're giant um so they're uh you know labor of love i would imagine um and Rodenbach, their beers are actually a blend of a younger beer and then an older, mature, completely fermented beer. Okay. So it's so a, that's kind um, of what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, earlier. Yeah. But so that's, that's exactly what that's exactly what happens. That's how they blend their beers. That's interesting. That's like 
how yeah. they make vinegar, you know, yeah. where they put the mother in and it yeah, switches exactly. over to the next it's, one it's, as you honestly, go. Honestly, and that's probably because they've been using the same methods for sure. hundreds, literally, of years now. So wow. um, super interesting. Um, fun fact, the Rodenbach family's been part of the Belgium, um, you know, just everything for a long time. One of the family members, Constantine Rodenbach, actually wrote the national anthem of belgium (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah so american brewers beat that (laughs) so none of the none of you guys wrote the national anthem definitely not so (laughs) um so yeah so lots of history lots of interesting stuff i mean you can visit if you ever go to belgium you can you can visit lots of the the parts of the, the brewery um and whatnot i'm sure it would be very interesting to see some of the 150 plus year old you know that is so cool i went to Belgium once on a trip with one of our old roommates from college, mm. Allison. Yeah. Uh, and we were there for like two or three nights. We were mm-hmm. in Brussels. And I did a pathetic job <laughs> of going out and finding what is quite possibly some of the best beer in the world. Yeah, for sure. A pathetic job. Oh, I'm sad. I'm really sorry. I was... <laughs> Over the age of 21. Oh, wow. Probably drank Stella the whole time I was there. Oh, I know. So many it's other fine, opportunities. But it's not for... good. Yeah. The World Cup was going on, and we watched a lot uh, of soccer, okay. which that was actually really fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I, I feel really bad about it. There are experiences that I had earlier in life. That I wish had gone a lot that, differently. That now you look back and you're like, I should have appreciated these things far more. I mean, than how I far did. was I from Cantillon, you guys? Like, not. Yeah, right. And you didn't I even didn't know. <laughs> go there. Mm. I probably wouldn't have appreciated it. It's kind of like this beer, mm. like Cantillon. The beer that they're making is not um, universally. Uh-huh. As appreciated, I think. I mean, among beer lovers, definitely. Sure, but, like, but not among. But just like the, the guy who's like ordering yeah. a Bud Light in the bar oh, is yeah, going to no. hate this beer that we're drinking right now. I and actually really like this beer. Yes, at least if you're drinking Stella, it's still from Belgium, and they were established in 1366, so they're even older than this. Well, so. at least that <laughs> I will say that's so cool. You, you've I don't got, you've know if that. I've had Stella since then. I haven't had it in a long time. My dad always has it in his fridge, oh. though. Okay. He did mention being on the podcast at one point and mm. getting together with him and drinking, finger quotes, regular beer. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we would drink Stella. Okay. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. all right. So that's that's Rottenbach in a that's, nutshell. That's a great story. continue drinking our Belgium Sour Ale. Yes. So well, let's move on mm-hmm. and let's talk about our little discussion topic for the day and uh you know it kind of triggered me to think of it when you mentioned that this guy goes off and fights in a war (laughs) and that was like his extracurricular activity if you will yeah you're right we're gonna talk about like (laughs) normal stuff like playing sports yes or being in the school play or something yes music any other thing and here we are doing that so, yeah, you know, I, as always, kind of started out to think about, you know, what extracurricular activities did I do mm-hmm. growing up and maybe more so in high school because I think those are more memorable and you're a little more committed to things yeah. at that age. That's true. When I was younger, you know, we were in Girl Scouts. You were yep. in Girl Scouts yeah. with me. I have pictures of us together yes. doing Girl Scouts stuff. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> yes. Um, 
And, you know, what else did I do? I did band for a really long time. Um, I will say that as I got older and mm-hmm. did band and had music as a class, mm-hmm. that one of the things I loved about it was that I had a little group of friends from that activity mm. as an extracurricular and from like a class during the true, day true. Um, that I spent a lot of time with, yeah. you know, inside and outside of school because we did competitions and things yeah. like that. And it was a nice, for me, it was a nice activity to kind of get some common ground with people and connect with people. That wasn't an athletic mm. activity. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I mean, I, you know, I, again, we were in Girl Scouts together. We played softball. Right. Um, you know, I I actually ice skated for a number of years, oh. but I had to choose between ice skating and piano lessons because they were at the same time. And I wound oh. up doing piano lessons, um, which I wish I would have stuck with for longer in my lifetime. Um, totally random side note. Yes. I was looking at the pictures from the houses that you sent oh. and one of them has a piano i know i saw and i, I was saw. like i'm gonna make lauren play that piano <laughs> she's playing that piano yeah, while I, I haven't played so you i haven't played figure, in a long you time should, all right you i'll have to figure practice something out all right um, but yeah so i did that and i actually really enjoyed the piano but i feel like since i wasn't doing it in school that yeah. was i was doing it completely outside i wasn't in band i wasn't sure, in right. any of it um, that it just kind of fell by the wayside because a lot of other school activities or things is what I, I wound up doing more of. And that sure. was something that was separate and it was individual too. Yeah. So like you don't do anything with other people if yeah. you're playing the piano, even ice skating too was more individual. Um, so I did, I felt like I did a lot of things that weren't necessarily group activities. Softball was like fun. It was that I didn't love the sport but i loved the camaraderie and it was like an activity and you would all hang out at the fields and like you would watch other people play and it was just more of like a group that that was a social thing i was gonna say i think that like softball and baseball for example are a little bit Mm -hmm. more of a social sport because you have Mm downtime whereas when you're playing a game like soccer or basketball you don't have a lot of downtime yeah. I mean, unless you're sitting on the bench. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, if you're playing the game, you're you're constantly moving. Non-stop. More so than baseball, yeah. And I swam for a little bit too, but there's no like there's there's you're individual in that as yeah, well. Even if you're in a medley, like a you don't talk sport. to each other. Yeah. So looking back, I didn't do a ton of things that were really in, in group. I was in like mathletes and stuff like that, which um, was again it was it was a team. But, like, those intellectual things, you're more so not that social because you're constantly, like, just making sure you're, like, ready to answer questions. So, sure. Um, yeah. I feel like I was kind of lacking in, like, the high school age for social activities like that. Sure. Um, not that I – I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't want to go back to high school and relive oh, that Lord, anyways. No. But um, it hmm. was definitely interesting. You know, a lot of people make friends from the extracurricular yeah, activities Yeah, I feel that way about in, band. And that was something that I really didn't. Um, in elementary school, yes, but not once sure. I was a little bit older. Yeah. Um, I picked the wrong, the wrong extracurriculars, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I felt that way about band, but mm-hmm. I did other t- – team sports in high school yeah. i played basketball and i played softball well we yeah. both played on the yeah. freshman team which was yeah. a complete waste of our totally. time totally yeah. 
I think we can both agree on that. 100%. I don't know if it was that I just wasn't that good and that's why I didn't enjoy it or if it was just not well organized. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Was it was probably both. Yeah, a little bit of both. But I, yeah. won't, I would never say I was good at softball. I was a fast runner. Mm-hmm. So I was a good base runner and I had pretty good, like, as a lefty, was a good, mm-hmm. decent hitter. Yep. That's it. That's all. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I pretended like I could play first base, <laughs> but I wasn't very good at it. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Moving I on. did do some team sports sure. in high school. And on the whole, I didn't really enjoy them very much. I mm-hmm. think because sports are so competitive, mm. not just against the other team. No. You're competing against your teammates for a position. Yeah. Once you're in high school, it kind of... If you're really playing to play, a lot of people at that age are playing because they think they're going to be good enough to continue on or to get a scholarship. To benefit or to, from it in a college Right. Experience. So it's no longer as much fun no. as it is for a purpose. And yeah. that piece to me... I, we were never going to get a scholarship for a oh sport. Oh my goodness! So I was, like we, I can't even think of like what would have been the most likely thing for <laughs> right. me to get a scholarship for. But so it was more like the fun came out of it yeah. because it was no longer that social actual like enjoyment. It was more, and like parents were the worst. Like everybody was just like. It was just not fun anymore. No. It took the no, fun out of it. It wasn't. So, it was not. Um, um, I didn't feel that way about track. I ran track a couple mm-hmm. of years in high school, and I actually really enjoyed it. And okay. it wasn't like ultra competitive against mm-hmm. your teammates mm-hmm. because our track team was kind of like average in sure. the scheme of like our of conference. Of everybody in the conference, yeah. And so there weren't tryouts. Mm. You just made the team. Okay. And... You were going to do a couple of events, mm-hmm. and so was everybody. Okay. And they were just going to, you know, if there were people that were superstars that were mm-hmm. really good at particular things, obviously they were going to run in those events. But they weren't limited. Like like if a girl who was really good on the team ran the 400-meter dash, mm-hmm. they would enter a second person sure. to run the 400-meter dash. Not? And maybe that second person is me. Yeah. So I'm still running the same number of events as the superstar. Right. I'm just the second person in the yeah. event. And it doesn't mean anything different to me no you're just still doing I might it, not so. get first place because right. i'm running against a superstar yeah but, but you also didn't expect to get first place but so it's you're okay still competing and i yeah. enjoyed uh the practices and i enjoyed track and things like that and so and and i enjoyed my teammates everybody well, was good. cool so that one was a little gotcha. different from the team sport perspective yeah. which is nice mm-hmm. the lesson that i learned mm-hmm. from especially <laughs> sports but from extracurriculars is don't do something that makes you doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Because it's a lot of time commitment. Yes. I mean, I played basketball freshman year, and there was practice every day till 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and on the weekends from like 8 to noon. Yeah, we went and in. And over winter break every yeah. day. When I was on the swim team, we went in before school Ugh. to weight train. So it was before and after. I mean, really, you had that was your life. And that's yeah. what happens with high school sports is yeah. they assume that the people doing them are doing it for a reason. So they are conditioning you and you are spent. That's your life. Like, yes, you don't have any time after school to enjoy it. You're going to practice. You're going home. You're doing homework. And that's your night. Yeah, that's it. So yep. if you really don't enjoy that thing that you're doing at that age, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. And, like, I'm not going to push my kids to do something that they don't like just because 
they they're you know just to do something like exactly so i would agree with that lesson for sure i also feel like especially as a high school student you know you mentioned the like college scholarship thing Mm -hmm. i think in high school one thing that i wish i would have focused a little more on is enjoying my free time Mm. and taking advantage of the opportunity to have free time yeah and not necessarily you know, not doing any activities. No, you, you want to keep like, busy. But like you think about it, if you're that busy with sports in high school and then you go to college and you're busy too, like especially if you're really in a program that yeah. requires a lot of effort. Yeah, then... I just feel like <laughs> your high school years are the years where you kind of learn how to connect with your friends mm. and make effort to stay friends with people. So like our children are still young enough that that maintaining friendships is pretty straightforward for them yeah. they just sort of like be friendly right yeah they're That's in the same it. place at the same time and they're nice like yeah. it doesn't as long as you're nice to each other yeah you're just you're kind of basically friends yeah you yeah. know and when you get to high school you're tested about oh, friendship yeah. you know whether it's how you handle emotional situations which i I'm terrible at, <laughs> or still, I try. I'm 40 now, so I'm better than I was in high school, but not a lot better, not like measurably better. Marginally. Okay, Just a tiny it. bit. I'm not the person to go to in a crisis. I'm calm. I'm just not going to make you feel better. All right. That's, Got it. That's how it goes. Um, <laughs> hey, at least you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that high school is your opportunity to develop some of those social skills. Mm. And if you are nonstop busy all the time, almost no matter what that activity is, if it's an academic activity or a, or a sport activity mm-hmm. or even something like band or choir or sure. dance team or whatever it might be, yeah. you might kind of lack in yeah. that way because you didn't. You didn't really get challenged socially. Yeah. So I think there's a balance there. Yeah. I think there's a balance. And I try to, you know, I think about like my brother's kids, for example, who who seem pretty busy, but mm-hmm. as they have gotten older, have mm-hmm. kind of like cut out some activities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was a good strategy because they had like three or four things that they did pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And now that my niece is a high schooler, yeah. she really just kind of has one or two and it's it's athletic activities and mm-hmm. they don't overlap really okay. but that's it and yeah. then she does her academics and she you know has she still has time to be social yeah yes i definitely so i i would agree i have some friends that have children that are constantly in an activity yeah constantly and they're those kids aren't really learning to manage their own time because literally someone is constantly managing it for them. You have this, this day, this, this day, this, this day, this, this day. You don't have free time. Yeah. So you don't have to think, how should I spend my time? Yeah. What should I do with my Tuesday night? Like, what should I... Because you always have something scheduled. Right. So you don't have to learn how to make other decisions or how to, you know, fill up your time in a good productive way because yeah. you constantly have something you're told that you're doing. Right. Um, so it's definitely, and we're not like that with our kids. Like we, they, they're in a couple of things, um, but it's definitely not every day. And um, I don't think it ever will be. Um I mean, my kids are, you know, they, they, they're they in stuff, but I don't think they're going to be superstars at necessarily anything. I don't, I don't know. Um, they're yeah, not sure. super, like, 
super like they're you know when the kids are our kids age at that point you kind of already know who the superstars are you know yeah right like i had a conversation with a mom not too long ago and we were talking about sports and like her son is older than the twins and was just starting in i think it was like football or something okay and she was frustrated because the coach wasn't teaching them basics and i said well he should have started it like two years ago that's when they teach the basics like whether that's right wrong or otherwise that's how it is now oh you're 100 percent right i mean my son is 10 Mm -hmm. and just started playing soccer because Mm -hmm. that was something he wanted to do and i was very concerned Mm -hmm. that he would get on a team where the coach wouldn't really teach fundamentals or anything because all the other yeah. kids on the, have been on the team for three or four years. Yeah, yeah. And his coach was actually really good, good at establishing a base for him. Okay. So that if he decides to keep playing soccer, mm-hmm. whatever for whatever reason, because sure. he enjoys it or because yeah. he gets really good at it or whatever the whatever happens sure. with him, um, he's got the base. Okay. It's just about yeah. getting the confidence and making progress. Sure, sure. And so yeah, that's we were very yeah. lucky, mm-hmm. but I did not expect yeah. that. I expected to kind of have to teach him the fundamentals myself. Yeah, which and or have him kind of watch his little brother's practices, right? Or just observe something. Yeah, and it's it is I will say a little bit different, and I don't know where he's playing at. Whether it's at a rec center versus a club team. Oh sure, yeah. So like this was recreation. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. But any like club actual team sport at our kids' age. They're expected for the most part to know. So even like my twin boy, he's been playing lacrosse for the last couple of years. And there's a couple people on his team this year that it's their first year. And it's a vast difference. Oh, I bet. So like he's been playing for two years. He knows all the fundamentals. He knows probably really steep. Yeah, all the training. He knows like he's just improving on stick handling and things and footwork. And so he's just continuing on but like when you have to start over and learn the basics like even at seven or eight like it's a big difference it is it so is even my younger son who did soccer in the spring when mm-hmm. he was a first grader yeah. he was the oldest in that group mm-hmm. and then when he started in the fall yeah he was the youngest he okay. moved up to up. the second third grade team oh okay and i will say that it was nice that he got to kind of learn the game Before, as yeah. an older kind of faster bigger kid mm-hmm. than most of his teammates yeah before moving into a group of kids who, who had knew, a little bit of know. experience and were older than him yeah so you know i you mentioned some of the stuff your kids do i was going to mention some of the things that my kids do mm-hmm. um we like karate my oldest does karate mm-hmm. and um we wanted him to work on his following direction skills oh, and okay. discipline and routine. And yeah. he's also, his physical strong suits are flexibility and agility. Okay. Uh, and so karate really lends itself to yeah. that. You know, he's got, he's able to work on focus, which is a big thing for him too. We wanted him to kind of work on focusing. He seems to be much better at it than when we started him in karate. Okay. And he's been doing it for several years now. Okay. Um, my youngest was not interested in karate. <laughs> that was not the sport for him. Okay. And that's why he plays soccer. Gotcha. Yeah. My younger son, uh, and I, I don't want to be one of those parents that <laughs> says this because I could 100% be wrong, 
I have never seen a child as athletic <laughs> as my eight-year-old. Okay. I just like, dude is, he's just, he's fast. He's so fast. He could <laughs> definitely outrun me uh, because I'm worried about snapping an ankle most of the time. <laughs> That's true. They have less and he's fear. not worried about that at all. <laughs> uh, he's so fast. He's so athletic. Mm. He's coordinated. He just like he's got the whole package. That's good. The kid though. is yeah athletic. Well, and some kids just have that. Like my yes. my son, one of my my youngest sons, like one of his best friends, literally is the same way. Like he just picks up whatever sport he's playing yeah. soccer now. He played lacrosse last year, um, with us, and like he just just picks up sports yeah. very easily. That is how and my is, he's is. also very fast. So he's the fastest one down the field and just like yeah. picks it up and. Uh, my children are not like that. We do, um, the twins do MMA. Mm-hmm. So similar. I mean, yes. they, they, you know, they coordination, a lot of what we want them to do from that is to be able to understand how strong they are. So my twins are both the biggest kids in their class. Sure. Um, and they're very strong, but they don't know how strong they are. Like they don't know how to harness that. Sure. Strength. Yeah. And I think that not that I want them to do, you know, be a bully. And I don't think of anyone, my twins would ever be a bully. Oh my goodness. Um, but like just to be able to use that to, to be productive. Um, it's good to understand your body in, in that. So I think MMA helps Absolutely. with that and the coordination. And, you know, honestly it helps just with, you know, they have a sensei who gives mat chats every time and they talk about something of importance. Like they talk about confidence. They talk about, nice. you know, all kinds of things. And it's really valuable for them to hear um, some of that. They, and he's told them like to journal. If you're thinking things, write it down. You know, they're nice. only seven and they are both of them do like. Um, That's fantastic. And I think That's that really those good. are just good skills that they're learning from that. And That's how I feel about karate. I yeah, mean, I think exactly. it's just like the discipline. It's yes. just like that. Those types of sports that mm-hmm. require focus, focus are yes. have so much value mm-hmm. beyond just you're the biggest and the strongest yeah. per se, oh, or the fastest, so much or more. the whatever. Yeah. Where that stuff does matter in other sports, you know, mm-hmm. if you are really coordinated, you're going to be a better basketball player than sure. somebody who isn't. Yeah, and that stuff matters. Yeah, in these sports like martial like, arts that we're talking about, I think that. You balance out some of maybe your lack of mm-hmm. of these areas with it, the ability to focus and the abi- yeah. ability to study and learn More and appreciate. More mental than it is yeah. just physical, and that definitely And I definitely helps, think yeah. my older son, some of the other activities that he really likes that aren't sports activities kind of, it makes sense that he likes karate. I mean, he loves book clubs. Every uh-huh. time the school has a book club where mm-hmm. they're like, read this book, come in we're going to talk about a needed donut before school Mm -hmm. or something i don't know if it's the donuts (laughs) might be uh or have those we've never had which i would Mm -hmm. are the twins have really gotten into reading and maybe they don't have them yet i mean maybe so i don't remember because he's in what fourth he's in fifth grade fifth grade so that's three years older than the twins so it could be seven now eight-year-old turned eight yesterday um (laughs) he actually had his very first one 
and it was just the other day. Okay, so maybe. But this was the first yeah. time they offered a book club for second graders. Gotcha. Okay. So that's probably yeah. it. Yeah. It's probably, it might, it might just be that they just the haven't age reached yet. that haven't age yet, yet where yeah. they're going to read like a chapter book and then yeah. discuss it. That's a lot. That's, that's fair. There's a lot of kids in their grade that don't read chapter books. Like my son asked, at, at, they had library last week, and I told him he needs to stop reading little kid books and he has to pick out a chapter book because... He, yeah. he should. He's He reads at a fourth grade reading level. There's yeah. zero reason that he, does, he should yeah, read not chapter books. So he right. went up to the librarian because she doesn't let their the second graders typically go in the bigger kid section. And he said, my mom says I have to read chapter books. <laughs> <laughs> so she let him go and pick out a, another book. But they really enjoy reading, um, which, again, is something if they had activities every night, they may not pick reading because they don't have the time or they're too tired yeah it's hard to read when you're tired eight o'clock at night you just ate dinner and took a shower and they're like i just want to lay here so i actually like that that's something they enjoy doing my oldest feels that way my youngest does not enjoy reading i just Mm. said that i signed you know that he did Mm -hmm. this book club well and i just kind of let it slip there i signed him up Ah. (laughs) for a book club and he came home from school, and he's holding the book. <laughs> and it's a chapter book, not a long one, maybe like 90 pages. Okay, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it's had a- some, fo- you know, there's 90 pages. That's yeah. a commitment, man. Yeah, that's for not, sure. That's not going to take 15 minutes. No, you're going to have to spend this some days. a couple of yeah. days, you know, of real solid reading. Mm-hmm. He comes home, and he's holding the book out. And he goes, they gave me this book today. <laughs> at school and i immediately recognized it because the book was on the, okay. the yeah. sign up sheet and i had i had scanned it at work and okay. emailed it to the librarian uh, so i didn't give it to him to return right. cuz i kind of thought maybe he wouldn't yeah i was right about that he wouldn't have and he goes do you know why they gave this to me and i go uh why and he goes because you signed me up for the book club and I was like, yeah, I thought that would be fun. You know, I thought it would be fun. And all your friends are doing it. Like, right. you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, next time <laughs> you ask me before you sign me up for something. And I was kind of like, okay, I hear what you're saying. And it's sort of valid. <laughs> but also you would have said no. Right. And he's like exactly (laughs) and i was just like okay man and i'm gonna be honest with you guys i regret it we kind of had to fight him to read this book he had like three or four weeks oh wow plenty of time to read the book yeah he probably read 50 pages in the two days before Uh, the book club mm -hmm. because we had to like force him (laughs) drag him into his room and open the book and be like read the book you're gonna go and you're not gonna have read it and he was just like can't i just skip it and we're like no no read we've committed yes and i dropped him off at the book club and Mm -hmm. as i pulled up to the school Mm -hmm. i went i'm never gonna do this again and he was like good (laughs) and i was like okay bye i love you So he's not a book club kid. Gotcha. Well, everybody has their own thing. My daughter does dance also. Oh, okay. Um, I could see my eight-year-old actually doing dance. That would he would probably really be into that. Yeah, she um 
she is our creative one, so I feel mm. like dance fits her personality. Okay. Um, also, it's good, uh, you know, it's good for her independence. It's great for coordination, and it's just good to have her do something not with her brother because MMA, yeah. they're together. Yeah. So I think that ha- her having another activity outside of that is good. My husband says that she needs singing lessons because she loves to sing, and she's not good My uh, <laughs> almost 11-year-old has recently said that he wants to be a singer as his profession oh okay and at night after we say good night to him Mm -hmm. i hear him singing (laughs) in his room (laughs) and it's just like sounds i don't even know if he's saying words it's just like (laughs) like it's just like sounds okay and so I ask him you know well what kind of singer would you be and he just kind of like beatboxes mostly <laughs> and i'm like well that's interesting it's interesting you know we can we could look into that yeah. <laughs> maybe come up with like a backup plan yeah let, let's think of something i else. love you yeah <laughs> our daughter she she'll walk around with her ipod and headphones in so she can't hear herself singing oh but we all can hear her mm-hmm. singing and it's somewhat painful sometimes yeah. he's not so. too bad yeah i wouldn't classify it as like unpleasant sounding i'm just not sure what what it is where, what is the yeah. genre here yeah. i'm just trying to figure out what your genre. Ju- that's because fair. i think yeah. he is very imaginative oh for sure and i think that's why he likes the book clubs oh yeah that's a big thing for him and he did oh, do yeah. school play a mm, couple of times okay. and really enjoyed that and i think that that was good that's something my daughter would definitely like uh, my daughter likes to sing in accents. No, oh, my so son. She... My ten-year-old does accents as well. He's so very. He loves Australian. She bursts accents. into miscellaneous accents, and I'm like, "Where did this come from? Like, yeah. what are you? What are you trying to do?" He and does this with like... my husband a lot. My son does, and my husband doesn't like. I don't know. He just doesn't think it's funny. I think it is freaking hilarious and i love it and i'm just like i recorded him playing video games one day while he was also speaking in an accent because for some reason he was speaking in an accent that day okay the whole day and so he did it while he was playing the game he was just like i'm not even gonna impersonate try it yeah i'm just gonna be like he even used like the same words like he was just like what you doing there, mate? <laughs> Except that he said it in an Australian accent, and I was just like, "Yes, yeah." Our, what uh, is this skill for? Yep, yeah, nope. Our daughter does the same thing, and I'm just like, "I, I, I yeah." Oh, okay. that is so We're comforting. Going with it. I'm not yes. gonna lie. Yeah. I was a little worried. Nope. I was just like, she "Is there something the, wrong with she your brain?" Does the same thing. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, we're going to drink this next one. I want to add one more thing that I think is a very valuable skill that the twins have really learned from extracurriculars. And that is that it's okay to lose. So, right. Because they, especially my boy twin, he is very good at a lot of things. And he does not like not being good at things. Mm. And so being in lacrosse or even MMA where you're going to lose, like 
it's a really good thing that he's learning. They're both learning. Like, you can't always be the best at things. Yeah. You're going to lose, and that's okay. And you have to be a good sport about it. That is such an excellent point. My oldest, mm-hmm. when he went to play soccer, and we knew that his skill level was going to be below some of his, at least some of his sure, teammates, sure. if not yeah. everybody. Yeah. I was very worried that he was going to figure out he wasn't good at it or thought he wasn't good at it or that he at least wasn't as good as his teammates or his opponents at Mm -hmm. it. And I didn't know how he was going to handle that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, or how he was going to handle his team losing, Mm -hmm. whether he was an impact or not. Agreed. Yeah. And I actually realized, like you said, you you want you hope they learn the value of winning and losing. Yeah. And I actually realized through the course of this specific activity, mm-hmm. he was able to understand, well, I'm not as skilled at these guys mm-hmm. because I haven't played as much. I can practice these things and get better at them. Mm-hmm. I can find my strong suit. Yep. Which we did yep. over the course of the season. We kind of figured out things he what was you're good at. Good yeah, at for sure. Or better at yes. to work on. And he seemed to accept the team losing as a whole yeah. pretty well. That's My youngest weird. child has absolutely no concerns about losing. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. His soccer team lost every game <laughs> in the fall. Every single one. Okay. I don't think That's it fazed him at all. I think I was. he was just like, did you see that? I scored a goal. And I was like, yeah, it was great. And the other team scored eight. Yeah, but... Is you he know, but that's care. good because there's some kids. One. <laughs> there's some kids that like get angry if yes. their team loses, yes. and that is something was... that like mm-hmm. we cannot have. So. I was worried about my oldest yeah. with that because he is very competitive. Mm-hmm. He did a tournament in mm-hmm. karate, okay. and he didn't do great. Okay. It was his very first time, yeah. and there was. A, there was a lot to learn about the tournament yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of why he wasn't super successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was very upset. Okay. Very, very upset mm-hmm. at how it went about mm-hmm. how he was not, he didn't place in any of the categories okay. that he participated in. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. Okay. Like we couldn't, he didn't want to talk about it. Mm. He, I was worried he was going to quit for a period. And we eventually kind of came around and we were like, look, we got to talk about what we learned from this experience. Yes. Yes. And we got to figure out how to either handle it next time Mm -hmm. or whether or not you want to do that specific thing next time. Yeah. And that was, you know, and he came around. Okay. He did, you know, learn from that. We do have another tournament okay. coming up, and he wants to do it. Well, that's good, though. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. So I'm encouraged. Good. You know. But those are definitely things that it, it's something good that you do learn from extracurriculars, especially sports or anything that's a competition um, that you might not otherwise if you yeah. don't participate in things. So, I mean, you'll, you know, you know the, whether you're good or not good at certain academics, but it's a whole different world when you're actually out there in a competition when it comes to a sporting event or something like that. Yeah. Um. So while I don't want my kids doing sports every day, I do think that there's a lot of value in Absolutely. doing them. Absolutely. So. And to kind of like bounce off of that without going on for too, too long, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that, the things that we gained, other than all of those things that you and I have just talked about, is that, you know, 
enjoy the things that you are doing. Yes. Your child. Like yes. you don't have to go 100% to something that you just don't enjoy. We mm-hmm. had that experience a little bit with the school play. Mm-hmm. My son didn't really get the role that he wanted mm. for like two years in a row. Okay. And we had a conversation about whether or not to keep doing yeah. the school play. Do you play. actually want to? Yeah. I also learned as a parent mm-hmm. how involved mm. I should be. Mm. Do I get involved? Do I back off? Do I kind of let things play out? What if my kid's really upset? Yeah. You know, I, at one point, my son, who was on the soccer team that never won a game, there was a game where his coach was one of the refs. Oh. And there was like a very obvious, like the other team did something they shouldn't have done. Mm. I don't remember in the moment what the thing was. Um. But I started yelling, (laughs) and my father was like, stop. It's just recreational soccer. This game doesn't matter, you know, whatever. And I started yelling at my father, (laughs) uh, what are they going to do? What, are they going to kick me out? What, are they going to kick me out? What, am I going to get sent to the car? (laughs) And the coach for my own son's team Mm. is like right there, refing, and I was yelling at him initially. (laughs) Did you miss the call, coach? I just like, and then my father is, of course, correct, but... uh, I have had moments where I've had to kind of like realize that in order for your child to learn from an experience, at times you do need to kind of back off and let them process things. Yeah. You, you in a lot of these things, you need to let them learn. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe yeah. as an adult, you kind of put things into perspective once in a while. Like yeah. I said, the school play experience where I kind of felt like he had put in all this effort and wasn't really getting what he wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. At one point, I was kind of like, well, if you don't want to do it, let's just not do it. Yeah. And I said it because it hadn't really started yet. Mm-hmm. And he was not happy with his role. And I was just like, now's a good time to quit. Yeah. Because if you're you haven't actually started doing it, then now's the yes. time. Yeah. Nope, that's that's fair. I once once our kids sign up for something and like get involved in it, we do make them generally finish. But oh, we're sure. not pushing them to do something if they don't yeah. want and, to and if they're not getting anything yeah. out of it. Well in this case yeah. it was like he tried out. Yeah. He didn't really get what he wanted. No. And so we were at the point where it was like everybody was deciding whether right. or not they wanted to do yeah. it. No, totally. And I was like we could just so this not is a do great, it. great time. All right. So <laughs> Let's talk about lots Grand curriculars. Yes, we're drinking <laughs> Grand Crew. I had a sip. I will say this definitely smells like it was in a barrel. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that smell. I don't know how to... An oaky smell. Yeah. I suppose yeah, I would say. They're, they're oak barrel aged, so that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, not as... Uh, obviously, this is. I think this is the Flemish red, so it's not as sour smelling or tart as but it does uh, the taste first one. A little more tart. It does. It's, it's interesting that it tastes a little bit more tart. The first one had an aroma that I would have expected to yeah. be more tart. This one has a little bit more tart of a taste to it. So uh-huh. Definitely. very interesting comparison. They're both pretty good beers. They're very easy to drink. Like, right? so when you say like, whenever I hear sour. I think, okay, this is going to, like, it's going to... have a tummy ache. Yeah, like, it's going to bite <laughs> me in the back of the, the taste buds. And um, both of these are very smooth, very, I think, if you are a beer drinker, an easy drinking beer. They're, you know, they're not 
overly anything like they're not super tart they're not super bitter they're not they're just a good blend i agree i would i would say especially grand cru if this warmed up too much Mm. i don't think i would enjoy it and i don't need it to be cold i'm not talking about ice cold it's been sitting here for over an hour yeah so if you count the time that it took me to drive over here with it yeah yeah um yeah this is it doesn't have to be cold this is fine, but, but you're right. It, if it warmed up, it, it would was probably like be a little room temperature. Yeah. I would maybe not enjoy it as much. I need I need just a little, a little coolness. Chill. I get it. I think that these really like once you start to get a little bit funky flavors, mm-hmm. I think I need it. I need a little bit of a cooled yeah, off. Yeah, it needs a little taste. chill. I can't do that warm. I can't do a sour warm. Like no, I wouldn't I don't drink think it. I can. So I, I don't personally. Think I can. Um, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really, I thoroughly enjoy both of these. Totally. Beers. So totally. I am very happy with Rodenbach. If I ever get to Belgium, I will check them out. Uh, and I suggest all of you do the same. I agree 100%. <laughs> and it was fun to kind of go another route yeah. with our brewery. Talk about somebody that's more than eight years old. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's nice. So many of the beers that we're drinking, the breweries are, are new within the last, even the ones that are old in the U.S. are still only 20 a couple of decades old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a so, lot of after 2000. Yes, yeah. A lot. I think, like, Bell's was one of the for only ones that was, like, the 90s. I mean, there's, right? not, there's not a lot that we've had that have been really older than 2000. So this yeah. is, it's a big change, and it's really nice to, uh, to change, change it up a little bit. So, <laughs> Awesome. All right, right, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all. Cheers.